Hello friends, welcome to Beyond the News. It's Friday, February the 11th. I'm your host Jim Grant and we're going to be looking at a variety of things today. Taking a deeper look into George Soros and some of the things he said over the years. Some Neil Oliver from GB News, the British Medical Journal. More trouble in the football stands, but not hooliganism this time in Britain, which we experienced during the 1980s. No, it seems to be medical emergencies in the crowd left, right and centre. I'm going to be playing some videos that have been sent to me on the Telegram group. Again, they're just filmed off people's phones. Um, and I'm not from Canada. A lot of the videos will be from Canada. So um, they look real. Could they be actors putting on things? It's difficult to research the normal man in the street and everything. But uh, I'm going to play the videos. They look genuine to me. And you can make up your own mind for yourself. Boris Johnson's lying again. That's not exactly the news. Epstein, we're going to be looking at that. Oh, and suddenly there's all these heart conditions cropping up all over the world that the mainstream media will have us believe have always been around and need to pay attention to. A little checking in with Tucker Carlson on a bit on how all the Western world leaders all seem the same. But the opening story tonight, now you're going to think this is a bit of a wet fish to begin with, this opening story, compared with opening stories I've opened with over some of the years. But this isn't funny. It so needs to be dealt with because it's systematic of so much of what is wrong with the country. So this is from the uh, Mail online by James Robinson and it's today's date. So much for the good life. Council bills green-fingered couple nearly £500 for growing vegetables in their own garden claiming they need planning permission. So where do we start with how wrong... So in um, a system where we've got trucker strikes and already having problem getting food supplied to the supermarkets this is what the this particular council wants to do in those circumstances that's point number one point number two you must not let the camel get its nose under the tent you must instantly cut it off there and go you have gone too far immediately and we don't just need an apology we need a resignation because someone that thinks that okay cannot be in public service. A public servant does not cause this kind of grief for someone. Uh, point number three, planning permission. Doesn't it need to be a certain amount of height uh, above fences and whatnot? Uh, I'm not an expert in that, but I do believe there is a, a height limit, isn't there? And I don't think growing stuff in the garden, I mean, unless you're going to be growing palm trees, I don't think that's going to be a problem, but I shall look down and see if there is uh, some problems there. So there's three reasons why. Food shortages. You must not let bureaucratic nonsense like this take over. It must not be normal. It must not be, oh, we've passed a new law and you need to appeal. This, need, this law needs to go immediately if it is a law. And if it isn't a law, then the person needs to be fired. So who, if it's a law... The council person needs to be, uh, the law needs to be dealt with. If it's not a law, the council need, person that did this needs to be fired because you can't go about making laws. It's not good to have someone in council public service who thinks they can arbitrarily create laws. Not a good idea for democracy, especially not in the current political climate. So. Those are my views opening. Let's see if they change as I read through down the article. Lee and Christie Laws decided to transform part of Lawn into a vegetable patch as a project during lockdown. The pandemic project was a success as they handed out food grown in their new patch to the neighbours. But couple from Deeping St James Links have been hit with a £469 charge to fix a breach of planning rules. South Kesteven District Council say the area is classed as informal open space and cannot be fenced off. They now have ordered the couple to submit a planning application to change the use to a private garden. Now, on their own garden, do they own the land? So let's scroll down. A Greenfinger couple who turned to self-sufficient journal have accused council bosses of losing the plot after they told them they could have to fork out almost £500 to keep ground vegetables in their own land. So own land doesn't look like an allotment to me because an allotment is usually a lease, is it not? You don't actually own the allotment. You just sort of have it for your life <laughs> from the council, don't you, if you can get a hold of one these days. The pair from D So let's get down to the meat and potatoes, no uh, pun intended. Um, while their well-meaning pandemic project, which is shade, 
That's because, right, now I have to be uprooted. That's because council chiefs say installing the vegetable patch has resulted in a change of use of the land. Despite them owning the small piece of land, it has never been pre previously been fenced off and has been open to the members of the public. Well, if that's the case, then you can just say, well, I forgive everyone for trespassing on my land then. If it's always been open to members of the public, we won't hold any backdated trespassing things in. But now it's mine. Get off it. Um, that would be me. Uh, Dad of four. Lee, you know, if it is owned, if they can prove it's owned, it, an Englishman's home, an Englishman's land is his castle. And replace Englishman with anyone in a Western civilization. So Dad of four, 53 uh, Dad of four, Lee, 53, who runs his own fire and security business, says land registry records show the small patch of grass has been part of the property since 1969. OK, so we can back it up, what he says. But according to South Kestrick District Council, the green area is classed in planning terms as informal open space. The authorities say by fencing the area off and growing vegetables, they officially changed its use, meaning they need to submit a change of use planning permission. Now the council wants to charge the couple £469 for planning permission, leaving the couple baffled. Um, so my view on that is, if the land registry says they own the land, then what South Kesteven District Council need to do is take the land off their records. And if I was them, I would bill them for their time to say, well, it's my land. I've proven it's my land. It's with the registry since 1969. And can you own, can you prove that you own the land? In that case, what sense do you have telling what it can be used and not for if it's if it's my land now if the fences that they've built are above um planning permission height then the council have a fair point do they not but i'm no expert it doesn't look like they are it looks totally in line seeing the pictures here with what i would consider normal fencing it doesn't seem to be anything there but this is just something that people, that Lee, who spent around £3,000 building the nine foot by 15 vegetable plot, we moved into the house in December 2020 and on Christmas Day found a car parked in our garden. This happened a couple of times. I also became fed up with having to pick dog poo up from the grass before I mowed it. We uh, were having, At the end of the day, it sounds like these people owned the land and just let people come and go on as they please. And now they wanted it back. And the council have gone, well, you've been so nice over the last few years. We kind of like, you know think it's ours now even though you own it and can prove you own it and the land registry can back you up since 1969 so the bigger point here is council shouldn't be full of people that want to cause this sort of level of grief grief for people all right you own your own land you want to grow your own vegetables on it if you want to build a fence under the it's just stuff like this that you just need to nip in the bud instantly and say, you do remember you are our public servants, don't you? And if you've ever interacted with some of, not all, some of them are absolutely lovely people, but some of the council members, sometimes they forget that and they're a bit bossy and they think they can say what they like. But if Canada has proven everything, governments around the world, which uh, eerily similar in their control freak status as Tucker Carlson will point out later need to be reminded they are servants and not masters so never let the vampire through your door never let the camel put its nose under its tent never let the Jehovah's Witness through the front door you nip it at the butt and you say not only is this wrong but we need to have a think about your philosophy of why you thought this would be acceptable to charge your masters. Masters meaning you're the servant. And if they say, well, anything other than I'm sorry, they should be fired. That's, uh, that's my view on that. Or alternatively, they can come up with um, a legal loophole and say actually well, we're within our rights for doing that but doing a legal loophole on someone's land that they don't own doesn't seem lawful to me if this was by the way you know uh, down the end of the garden and um, you know what we'll just annex that as our garden it's not in the land registry but we've used it for years we didn't really think it'd be a problem putting a fence up 
I'm with the council. But not when you, you know, you pay lawyers, you pay taxes, you pay all sorts to get this stuff sewn up. You jump through all these hoops. At the end of the day, it should mean something. And this council's £469 takes away what that means. For me, anyway, that's why it was a really big issue for me. Um, just government bureaucrats now need to be reminded, as a much bigger sense, need to be reminded, servants, not masters. Yeah, this, this is what we need to do this decade. Because that whole, you know, the whole Canada thing, you know, that didn't just spring up overnight. That is just systematic abuse of power again. And we're the council. We, or we're just doing this for your own good. Or we just need to do this for your own good. Uh, or we just need to always raise your taxes every year above the rate of inflation. And we always seem to take away services for it. So we charge you more and we give you less. And, you know, hey, that's just the way it is. Why, why are you being so mean to me? Why can't I charge you the same money for the same thing? Oh, not the same thing. I mean less. Yes. What's wrong with that? You know, it would never happen in the private sector, but it happens in the public sector because they always do it with the threat of your bureaucracy, taxation, fines, and of course, uh, eventually, if it gets that far, the police. So, um, yeah, stick up for your rights and your land includes your rights. If you know, if you can prove it is yours in the land registry, I would, like I said, I would not have gone off on one if that was just you know, oh well, you know, it's not quite our garden, but uh, well, you know, we've kind of lived on it for the last twenty years. We can't just annex it and put. I wouldn't be defending it if it wasn't, you know. And I've seen things in America, and I'm not saying they're here, and I'm not jumping to any conclusions or saying it's this is going to happen or anything like that. But I have seen laws passed where you're not allowed to collect rainwater in certain states of the United States. And it didn't, that didn't suddenly come in overnight. This creeping government control, it's like, we'll just take a little bit here, see if they push back, take a little bit there, see if they push back. And if you push back earlier, it saves you having to get all your trucker convoys together. You know? So... Here is an article from Lanx Live, but um, to be fair, I've seen lots of mainstream articles from a variety of publications saying more or less the same thing. Silent heart condition could kill 40,000 people in the next five years. I don't doubt it, but I might have my doubts on what they're saying is the cause. New research suggests the NHS will be unable to diagnose and treat the estimated 300,000 people living with aortic valve stenosis. Well, Given by how many cancer diagnoses have gone missed during lockdown, without hope there isn't another lockdown again, and the government keeps its word, the UK government keeping it. I couldn't keep a straight face saying that. UK government keeping its word. It doesn't sound right, rolling off the UK government honouring promise. It doesn't sound right, does it? We'll, we'll see if they can actually do that, because um, if they can't get through the millions of cancer screenings, good luck getting onto these extra 300,000 screenings. Or are they saying it's not an extra? And it's always been like this, but all of a sudden it's in the mainstream news. A silent heart condition could kill up to 40,000 people in Britain over the next five years. Experts say the condition occurs when one of the heart's main valves stiffens and narrows, blocking blood flow to the main artery, the aorta, and the rest of the body. Okay. Um, new analysis carried out by NHS England professors suggest hundreds of thousands of over 55s are suffering from aortic valve stenosis. Only the over 55s, is it? Right. So anyway, just wanted to get the idea now that you've probably seen it. Lots of mainstream news going, do you know what? Heart attacks are normal and they've always happened. Now, and they, they, they can happen in young people as well. Now, they can. They can. Young heart attacks have happened in young people. You, you hear the, the, used to hear of these tragedies every few years. But now you hear of them every more than a, a few years. So it all depends on those numbers. So anyone that's saying that heart attacks never occurred in the young, that is a not a correct statement. It is more correct to say it was incredibly rare. And then what you must do is look at the numbers of what define incredibly rare, because rare is just a word. It's not quantitative. You need numbers. And then you look at the numbers since the vaccine has been given out. And you... You do the science, you do the maths, and it's going to take a little while for that day to come in. But in the meantime, what I have seen is 
loads and loads of reasons to have a heart attack. But my favourite one was um, your electricity bill. <laughs> you might get a heart attack because of rising electricity prices. Or, of course, classic, the climate change one. So just be aware that that's coming now. The Epstein Files, the US Bureau of Prison bent facts to support suicide narrative. Gee whiz. Wow, no. Oh, what conspiracy theorist said that? The 5th of February 2022, it was RT, the Epstein Files. So the declassified papers on notorious paedophile case shed light on more suspicious details. By Keelan Balderson is a UK-based journalist interested in security service and misuse of state power. Follow his work. So you'll probably get good work from his. I might sort of. But remember, um, he's never going to, if he's working for RT, I doubt he's ever going to report on the misuse of state power of Putin, which he does. But ironically, I think seeing as Putin and our Western governments don't get along, I don't think Putin really needs to do much of a misinformation job to point out how terrible our leaders are and how bad their decisions are for their respective countries, are they? Um, so I can actually, I think RT is probably doing the doing some good. And of course, why do I make that statement? Well, Epstein and Maxwell, of course, finishing off. But how many was in that little black book? Was it hundreds, wasn't it? We've read out articles. Let's have a look at how many get sent down on that, shall we? I bet you it's nowhere near as many names in the black book. And we're then told that these people are incredibly important, powerful figures. So what we are left with then is, all right, um, the world is left being run by people in Jeffrey Epstein's diaries. Not only that, are they paedophiles, but they're powerful paedophiles that seem to be beyond justice, even when you get the ringleaders like Epstein and Maxwell. But... Despite the paedophilia bringing up in power structures all over the world, it is just a coincidence they're not connected. Even though Epstein Network connects them all, they're not connected because to say the truth would make that conspiracy theory. So it, it always interests me on where the general public are. So Epstein you know, ran an international paedophile network and they'll nod their head because it's on mainstream news. Right, OK. Uh, he had lots of really wealthy people that run the world on the books. And yeah, they'll nod their heads. So, uh, and these people in Epstein's books were paedophiles as well. Yes, they'll nod their head. So you can get that out of them. So, you admit that there's a group of really powerful paedophile networks that have the power to protect themselves from any justice. And they're all internationally collected through Epstein. And they'll nod their head. But paedophiles running the world in a new world order type thing, that's a conspiracy theory. And yet they will nod their head. It just doesn't compute with them. So documents obtained under Freedom of Information Laws by RT, investigative unit, the detail, include startling records revealing how the US Bureau of Prisons, BOP, moved to shut down and all public debate about the cause of Jeffrey Epstein's death. Now, what do we define a conspiracy as to do something nefarious with more than one right so i don't think one prison guard could and i quote shut down any and all public debate about the cause of jeffrey epstein's death i don't think one prison guard could do that so if it's more than one and the report says they shut down any and all public debate about the cause of Jeffrey Epstein's death and it's more than one that is a conspiracy is it not now you can go down the rabbit hole on different types of conspiracies and all that kind of stuff the craziest one and I'm not saying I believe this uh, at all in fact but the craziest one I've heard um, and I was I actually heard this from like the Q type people which is why I don't have any respect for Q, QAnon, or any of that kind. As I've said before, and I'll just summarise again for new listeners, looking at historical evidence, they did quite a good job. When it comes to predicting things, ah, oh, this is going to happen, Trump's going to do this, absolute nonsense. And it's a it has to be a psyop for me. Um, so, yeah. 
let's let's rehash all the stuff that's already admitted so we're not costing us anything in terms of information out there and then it was good stuff actually they're covering a lot of good stuff um, stuff that's happened before and right we've got you on board now let's pied piper you down the way to um, whatever that agenda is you know insurrection mark january the 6th indictments or um the idea that you don't need to do anything because it's all under control the white hats have got it or trump's going to come back save the day all that absolute drivel and nonsense but it was um i can't remember how i got onto QAnon now QAnon epstein oh yeah the craziest stuff <laughs> so the craziest stuff um that i heard which which is obviously turned out to be nonsense and i sounded like utter nonsense at the time was epstein's not really dead trump's staged it all so epstein can be his key witness in bringing down the cabal no well that went well didn't it <laughs> yeah so um along the way evidence was distorted material facts ignored and the key anomalies unexplored and unpublicized Sounds like a conspiracy to me. After being found dead in his cell at the Metropolitan Correctional Centre on August 10th, 2019, the records show that the Bureau issued statements to journalists and Epstein's family categorically stating he'd committed suicide. The result was international. Anyway, you get the idea, all right? There was a massive cover-up, massive conspiracy done uh, by people who could only have access to the control of that information at the same time, while simultaneously... Ghislaine Maxwell's clients aren't being read out in court. Why didn't we have a Ghislaine Maxwell trial like we did with Rittenhouse where we could see everything? So it's a massive conspiracy. Now, what, you know, there is a conspiracy of paedophiles in power. That's clearly evident now. One can debate who they are, what they do and what their agendas are. But yeah. And, you know, it's like the old joke, isn't it? Like um, you had Christmas tree decorations, you know. This Christmas tree doesn't hang itself and neither did Epstein. It is... Um, I've read out on... Uh, if you want to know more about his death at the time, I covered it on a podcast I did with Craig Campbell called Ghislaine Maxwell and Other Falling Masks. You can find that on Cruise, C-R-E-W-S, uh, for more information on that. But just to give you an idea, the... Um, as in the words of Darth Vader, the circle is now complete. You know, cover it up on the day, cover it up and the weeks after, cover it up with Maxwell, and now just, now it's out of the public mind. Free as well. We'll just bring it out to light. Oh, yeah, massive cover up, and you going to do anything? No, thought not. You And they, they know that. They know that the publics around the world are emotionally... Um, you know, it's emotional things that, that that tee them off, and emotions come and go. So that's really all you do. You you blast it down there with absolute nonsense. Promise an inquiry. A few years, it's, oh, that's well, all right. There'll be an inquiry now. We can let the anchor go and get. We can go and get angry about something else now. Um, the public, you know, they've listened to us. They've listened to our concerns. Um, good. And the majority of the public go and get on with their lives. And a few years later, oh yeah, there was a massive conspiracy. There you go. Um, and that's that. <laughs> Moving on. So GB News. Neil Oliver. World leaders think the unvac... Or at least they thought it was a massive conspiracy according to that report. What do I know? Neil Oliver. World leaders think the unvaccinated are next door to idiots, racists and misogynists. Now, uh, Trudeau seems to think that, doesn't he? And the people, the um, Ottawa... Officials in Ottawa and all that kind of stuff. I've... I don't know. I don't want to name them by name because I can't remember them. But I've seen footage where they more or less say the entire trucker convoy is racist, misogynist, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Trudeau, I've uh, unacceptable beliefs. Yeah. So um, that's what they try and do. And of course, the big trucker thing is all about the vax mandate. So um, yeah. So let, let me. Re I like. Uh, Neil Oliver and things. World leaders think that we're unvaccinated are next door to idiots, racists and misogynists. I would like to put a potential different spin to, on that headline. World leaders 
are told by their paymasters to say the unvaccinated are idiots, racists and misogynists. That's my little um, take on that. But I just wanted to give a little plug out to um, Neil Oliver, who's saying, you know, about the Canada and talks about Macron and all that kind of stuff. In fact, there's a there's a thing here he quotes. Next, I read the quotes from a recent interview with French President Emmanuel Macron in which he said unvaccinated people were irresponsible and that irresponsible people were not citizens. That's interesting. Not citizens. Think about that. I looked up citizen in a dictionary just to be sure and found the word defined as describing a legally recognised subject of a state. Macron said he wanted to make the lives of the unvaccinated, those non-citizens, as unbearable and unlivable as possible. He said he wanted to piss them off. So if that means they're not citizens, does that mean they don't have to pay tax? But that's my comment on that. A French president who says the unvaccinated are not citizens is skating on thin ice over deep and dark water. Such a comment is close, I would argue, to saying the unvaccinated are lesser people. And if you think that is... Uh, I've got a clip with... Um, is it the the uh, New Zealand Prime Minister saying more or less the same thing? Um, which, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Boris Johnson refuses to cut VAT on energy bills despite Brexit promise that he would. Wednesday the 5th of January 2022. Uh, ITV. It's not news at all that Boris Johnson is a serial liar. Um, I'm saying this is a Brexit lever because it's up to the Brexit levers to make him honour that promise. If we voted for it and he's not honouring his promise to the people that voted for it, it's up to up to the levers and not the remainers, in my opinion, to bring that man to hold to his promises and the other ones that he made, NHS included. So, you know, with um, with choice comes responsibility. If you voted for something, it's gone through and it hasn't gone through the way you wanted it to. Then it's on us as citizens to hold our leaders to account and um, I've said it before we say it again if we are happy with a serial liar to be our leader then we shouldn't complain when he lies to us because we should have done something about it peacefully and lawfully obviously but we get what we deserve we get the prime minister that we deserve and I'm afraid Britain deserves Boris Johnson next COVID-19. Researcher blows the whistle on data integrity issues in Pfizer's vaccine trial. think I read that out before, but so important, just wanted to read it out again. Published 2nd of November to make certain I did, because um, especially towards the end of uh, last year, some of the podcasts, especially with the mouse troubles, <laughs> what would copy, what would paste, what was it, you know, and by the end, ah! So I just wanted to make certain I read that out, because that's, a, that's an important one. The mouse is working perfectly today, for those that are interested. Probably none of you, but anyway. <laughs> so, halfway through the show, let's get on to some more. Now, I can't read out this headline, it's the Telegraph, but it was something along the lines of Bill Gates and George Soros buy a UK testing company. Sorry, I can't give you more. Um, that's, that's the Telegraph. But I just wanted to um, give you a, a little, who is George Soros? Well, Here's a, when he was interviewed, and some of it in his own words, and these clips always pop up and get taken down from the internet. So um, I thought I'd just record it for, for the, there's a little time capsule here. There's a little bit about, um, a little bit about George Soros for you. Actually, probably the happiest year of my life that year of German occupation. For me, it was a very positive experience. It's a, a strange thing, you know, because you see incredible suffering around you, and, and in fact, you are, you are in considerable danger uh, yourself. But you're 14 years old, and you don't believe that it can actually touch you. You have a belief in yourself, your belief in your father. It's a very happy-making, exhilarating experience. While hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps, George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds, confiscating property from the Jews. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. You're a Hungarian Jew. 
who escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't you don't see the connection, uh, uh, but it was it created no no problem at all. No feeling of guilt. No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish, uh, and here I am watching these people go. I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets, that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would, <laughs> would, would, would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. So I had no role in taking away that property. So I had no sense of guilt. Are you rel So um, that was George Soros explaining um, how he was... Um, you know, they always had Jews on the payroll to grass up the other Jews working for the Nazis. He was one of them. He was an actual Nazi. Um, and you, you heard it there, you know, rounding up Jews. That was his happy making. You know, those are his own words. And of course, he is um, not, uh, English is not his native language. So um, maybe something's lost in translation, but I can assure you he looks pretty happy in the video as he's being interviewed talking about rounding up all the Jews. Um, let's also not forget how he funded some of the, um, shall we say, interesting political parties in Ukraine. And there's the ties through various foundations to the Black Lives Matter people that we've heard. You heard him chanting George Soros, where's our money, that kind of stuff. So, um, but you can, you can see things yourselves. There are government reports, you know. So just a little bit on George Soros there. I just thought I'd uh, share with you as a little time capsule, just in case it gets taken on and off uh, the internet again. So Watford's Premier League clash between Watford and Tottenham is halted after another medical emergency in the crowd. With Another is in block capitals, with physios rushing to give treatment to the stricken supporter. The second incident at a month inside Vicarage Road. There have been others, haven't there, across other football grounds and all that kind of stuff, from what I understand. By Ollie Gamp for Mail Online, 1st of January. Watford's home game against Tottenham was briefly stopped on New Year's Day after a medical emergency involving a fan in the crowd. So you get the idea of where I'm going with that. There's no proof of anything that happened. And, um, you know, who knows whether he had that uh, procedure or not. There is absolutely no evidence to suggest he did or did not one way or the other. Having a quick scroll down. Um, so let's have a look at best rated, shall we, on comments. Um, right. Well, this is actually, um, yeah, okay. So the best rated, uh, it comes from Monty in Johannesburg, South Africa, one month ago. And it's 1,078 upvotes, 140 downvotes. So, um, yeah, little 
a little over 10 percent there so um all right so that what's that roughly then yeah below 90 percent but still a good one anyway do you want to know what he's written vaccine related question mark never saw this before covid so I would just like to add, you, you will have got the odd occasional emergency in the stand. I mean, that, you know, that's just law of averages and all that kind of stuff. But um, not on this scale. I've never known it where it was happening on different parts of the country around that kind of thing. Um, so let's have another look at another one here um, with another top rated. Uh, this is by Andrew Henderson, nomad capitalist, Serbia, one month ago. Anyone would think all the fans had been injected with an experimental drug or something. 855 up, 48 down. So you're getting the idea. Again, just wanted... That was more for the comments because I have no way to know whether that poor person in the crowd has had a jab or not. I, I you know, and that's, you know... Just as he's coming, I, I hope he's survived and everything like that. You know, you come around and, excuse me, could you tell me, do you have a jab? You know, he's going to be more thinking about, like, living, isn't he? You know, having gone through a horrible thing like that. So thoughts are with him and his family. And um, we have no idea if the jab was involved or not. But what was very interesting was roughly the nine and a half odd to one um, that the people in the comment section are starting to have serious doubts which is probably why we've seen such a low rate in the booster massively low rate and why of course all the mandates had to fall come because yeah if you've got less than well no business can do no business can do without any real loss in these situations but if you've got a situation where even just say it was 60 40 no business would want to lose 40 percent of their customers especially well i won't go into it but people who haven't had the vax tend to be more thinking for themselves and the more sort of person to go out their way for something that they like whereas i don't know i won't go down that road that's purely anecdotal anyway um i think it's fair to say people who haven't had i've seen this is something that's fair to say people who haven't had the jab seem to be very engaged in supporting each other's small businesses that don't support the jab i think that's a fair comment to make so you've got a very savvy 40 percent there and you wouldn't want to not have access to their money. And of course, that was under 60-40. I think the booster rate is lower. And they always said, in order to be fully vaxxed, you need to be that. So it had to be ditched. It just didn't have the numbers. Couldn't make it work. Vaccine passport in Britain is now dead on arrival this time. But don't think for one second they won't come back with something else, another form of control. So this is from the Mirror Now by Simon Bird, 28th of January. Lee Johnson claims vaccine may have led to Sunderland Star's heart problem after COVID case. Lee Berger, Sunderland keeper, is out for five weeks after contracted COVID and having the, the vaccine and has been ordered not to raise his heart rate over 100 BPM. The short shot stopper has been ruled out for five weeks to allow an inflamed heart to be treated. So there you go. And um, Matthew Letizier on Twitter has been very interesting about that. Uh, it's only a matter of time before he's banned, I'm sure. So why are governments doing all these things all around the world? And they all seem to be doing the same. Well, Tucker Carlson thinks he's got some ideas. The clip itself is about 16 minutes. I think I'll play this for a few. Then, to those who fly... Oh, I do apologise. That seems to have... That's it. There's video of Trudeau in, in the middle. Um, let's play this bit. Let's play this bit. Russia! Of course Putin did it! There's no evidence of that, no sources. They've just been reading American Twitter. And the state media anchor is deeply concerned. So he's talking about the convoy and <laughs> Yeah, they did. It's a Russian conspiracy. <laughs> My people hate me because I've locked them in their homes and get them to get jabs, which... Um, you know, 10 to 1 on comment sections people think are causing heart attacks. <laughs> it must be the Russians. My people were totally happy being forced to take this experimental medical procedure and being locked in their homes before those pesky Russians came along and rolled them all up. <laughs> it's laughable, but here we go. Who buys this? No one's going to buy this. It's so prima facie absurd. 
So they just kept going. Here's Justin Trudeau from his bunkering, offering yet another reason to distrust the junta, junta running the newly formed nation of Truckistan, formerly known as Canada. Watch. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. We won't cave to those who engage in vandalism or dishonor the memory of our veterans. <laughs> dishonor the memory of our... Too many Canadian flags! <laughs> there are like three bad people in the crowd, so ignore them all, ladies and gentlemen. Thankfully, by contrast, no one in any BLM rally ever torched a courthouse or shot anybody or burned out... So I'd like to add that um, that's just a classic agent provocateur thing where you've got a peaceful rally of like, you know, 100,000 people or anything like that. And in come the provocateurs. Right. Raise the Nazi flags and the mainstream media photographers in on it. Take the photos, send the pictures. Look at these Nazis. Look at these 100,000 Nazis. Take the Nazi flags down. <laughs> you, can, you can get your pictures in literally 10 seconds if it's done right. Um and but what happens when there are more people on the protests than read that paper and the other papers that put that thing out? You know, what happens is you get a Joe Rogan CNN situation. But anyway, let's continue with Tucker Carlson. But these truckers, apparently there was a racist flag. So pay no attention. Now, in the United States, we probably wouldn't fall for this at this late date. We're a little jaded at this point because we've seen it so many times. Oh, they had a Confederate flag. Never mind. We can ignore their concerns. The election was totally fine. So again, we've seen it before. But in Canada, they probably haven't seen it. They're a few years behind us. And so, you know, they're kind of impressed by it. Claims like this happened here a few months ago, as you may remember, when Democratic operatives carried around tiki torches to smear Glenn Youngkin as a white supremacist. Again, Trudeau had reason to think Canadians hadn't seen that and he might be able to get away with it. Trudeau has been honing this line of argument for months now. Last September, you may remember, he accused people who opposed mandatory vaccination, getting a shot because the government requires it, of being racist. Watch. Mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui ne croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, qui souvent racistes aussi. So, Poor Canadians. so um, just to cut a long story short, you can see the clip for yourself at Beyond the News. Um, he, the subtitles came up because I, I only speak very little French. And um, great respect for the French, though. Love the way they stand up for their own countries and everything. Uh, and their beliefs and um, their workers' rights. Big fan of the French in general. And he more or less said, all oh, the unvaccinated, they're misogynists and racists. So, but go and see the subtitles for yourself if, you know, and if you think I've incorrectly paraphrased that for the listenership, then do feel free to send your feedback to beyondthenews at protonmail.com. So I think that'll do for Tucker on that one. Let's go now i'm going to play you some more things from my phone now uh videos from truckers and whatnot and police and army and other such things uh, from from the phone so um hopefully the quality is okay and you can see a lot of the things for themselves on the telegram group which is at beyond the news gym and again i am taking these people at their word it is i do cover mainstream news here but i would like to point out I can't be checking the military background of someone that says he is a military officer. But I can play the clip and then if there's any with a, anyone with a problem with it, then go and do your own research because they state their name and everything and go and see for yourselves if there's a, a discrepancy there or anything like that. But I just wanted to get, because this is all very much on the ground and there's no point, we know that no point, um, you know, when something genuine is like this, a genuine protest, the mainstream media is not going to cover it fairly or honestly. We, you know, it will just be the old Nazi flag up, two seconds, photo flash, click, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But Canada's not buying it. And but they still do the same tactics over and over again because they've worked for so long and they still work on a very small minority of very brainwashed cult members, the cult of mainstream media. And playing those emotive buttons, okay, if we we know that if we say the 
the racist word, there's going to be a small percentage of the population that instantly blow up, their emotions come in, and they're not going to be able to be capable of rational thought, at which point, you know, you say to them, actually, let's just talk you through the process, here's the camera angle, where the, uh, here's us filming the guys putting up the Nazi flags, and all that kind of stuff. That isn't going to get through to a person in an emotional state worked up by that, which is why you have to be careful with emotions, because... Um, if you allow someone to create an emotional response in you, good or bad, you can be susceptible to being controlled by them if that person knows you have a propensity to be controlled by that emotion that they are looking to create. So be careful on that. If someone knows that they can... Uh, the classic example for that is uh, Godfather 1, James Kahn's death. You know, you know how to rile him up, you know what he's going to do, lay an ambush for him. It doesn't have to just be the mafia that can do that. Understand that getting emotive responses from today's media um, can be very good business for them or can be can serve agendas. So just be aware of that. Let's go now to see if the quality of what I want to play on my phone is any good. Also, just wanted to say, uh, last week I gave the GoFundMe page out at the end of it. Within a day, <laughs> within 24 hours, they had seized that money and saying oh we're not going to give it to those terrible terrible people so that serves as a reminder of why you must never have a cashless society because arbitrarily electronic money at any point that controls it um the, a power figure or an authority can come in and go we are now going to divert that digital currency to where we want it to go and there was such a backlash where they said you have to email them to get the refund and that, that was another backlash so they just said you're going to be automatically refunded it rather than going to our charities and stuff. But that is the end of GoFundMe in Canada as far as I, them making any serious money. And it will be the beginning of a new GoFundMe type thing which will be freedom based. This is what I was saying was going to be coming a year ago. It's just going to be happening in spits and spats all over the place. People are going to create their own platforms. You know, I think the quote I used was the Darth Vader one. The, the tighter you grip, the more will slip through your fingers. And that's it. Um, the tighter GoFundMe are... OK, fine. On a big movement like this, you've just destroyed your own business model in Canada. And I would say to like minded people around the world, I certainly would never use them now. And uh, you're going to create your biggest competition you've ever had with a massive goodwill thing. Now, that does tend to be um, another one. And then there was a camp um, information going around that the Canadian authority were going to seize those assets in the new um uh, crowdsourcing website whatever it was I, I did hear the name but I've forgotten it and so they then responded and said we operate outside the jurisdiction of Canada and so no you're not seizing our funds you know good luck trying we operate in your country we can take the currency of your residence but we do not answer to you and we support the trucker convoy so that'll be an interesting one do they try and do an Osama bin Laden and freeze the assets I wouldn't put that past Trudeau, you know, to say these truckers, uh, you, here's, here's how he could do it. These Because of these truckers, medical supplies were delayed or food supplies were delayed. Someone died as a result of the truckers. If someone dies and they are constantly hooting their horns and causing emotional distress, that is terrorism. Under terrorism, I can now seize the proceeds of terrorism, which means that website, you know. So that's how Trudeau could do it. But. I, it's interesting to see how this play. I can't see this ending any other way than Trudeau and or the mandates going, i.e. the truckers win. I think they've raised their 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 request now to mandates ending and Trudeau going. But again, I'm not on the ground and it's it's constantly moving and it must be absolute chaos out there. All I know is that I support them and... Um, they're not going anywhere. So how does this play out? Let's look at the scenarios. First one, current scenario continuing. OK, well, they're going to get even more support as the weather warms up. That's just the way people are. Um, they're going to be literally fair weather protesters that will fancy because it's bloody cold out there in Canada from the videos I've seen. There will be fair weather protesters that come out and support that even more. So their movement grows. Um, the more an authority tries to stop something from happening, it's like, you know, trying to split two teenagers up in love or something. The more you 
the more you try and split them up, the more bring closer together it brings them. So let's look at. I don't. Th I think we've passed the point of no return where there are more people in Canada that support the truckers than support Trudeau. So on a hard line stance where supplies, food isn't going to get through, if they're given a choice of Trudeau going or or the truckers going, I think they're going to go for Trudeau going. So how, what does that look like if Trudeau says no? Um, that looks like civil war, does it not, really? Um, what... So that, that's the current state. And then, all right, let's look at scenario two. The Canadian police decide one by one to arrest the Canadian truckers and put them in jail cells. Well, one, there ain't enough jail cells. So what they'll probably do is something horrendous like a big camp or just find them or something like that. What happens if the truckers say, I'm not going to let you arrest me? The, the police can't win that fight. There's no way. It can, so what I'm saying is, they they cannot win a physical battle with the police. So we look at the scenario where the military are drawn in. Are the Canadian people going to be happy about the military being used on their own people under any circumstances? Probably not. Are some of the people in the military and police going to go along with it? Yes, all of them, no. So you've got, at that point, civil war in the police and military, have you not? And that, that, that leads out to full civil war, then that goes hot. Um, are there any other scenarios? I can't see any. I can't see this going any other than victory for the truckers or civil war of some. And of course, there's subcategories thereof of what constitutes a victory for the truckers, blah, 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 blah. And of course, do not, you know, this is the way the power structure works. We've seen Klaus Schwab talk how happy he is about having his world economic leaders like um, Jacinda Ardern and Trudeau and all that kind of stuff. He does name them by name. So the Canadian people are going to see that and see that, hang on, how can you answer to Klaus Schwab and us? We can't, can you? I don't think it goes well for him in the long term. Um, so in a civil war, would Trudeau call in the UN? Would it then be... Trudeau in the UN versus the Canadian police, military and people. So there's all sorts of subcategories thereof, but I can't see anything other than a victory for the truckers. And bearing in mind that there's no reason why Klaus Schwab can't go up to Trudeau and go, Trudeau, no, it ain't going to happen. They hate you now. Off your toddle. Here's a nice look. We'll give you a nice little pension job and advisory capacity. You know, it's thought that Tony Blair got that kind of stuff. Off your trot now. OK, truckers, you win. Vaccine mandates are gone. Um, and then in six months time, you just bring them in through some sort of stealth means. Oh, did you? Oh, uh, did you want to go? And, and that's what some that's what happened with the council tax riots in England. Massive riots for the poll tax. Oh, we'll withdraw it and uh, change the name, bring it back a couple of years. Not going to kick off again then. Oh, we got through it. That's what it does keeps go that's what tyranny does keeps pushing and pushing and pushing till it gets through once it gets through it doesn't come back so those are the scenarios that i'm seeing on canada but now i'm just going to play some messages from someone who seems to be something to do with the organizers again this will be unvetted non-mainstream media but what else is there at this point if you want an actual point of view of what's actually going on that isn't going to be um, on Trudeau's side, which the mainstream media in Canada is. And go and have a look at the amount that... Uh, go and have a look, follow the money. Go and see how Canadian companies get money from government. Go and do your own research on that. So here we go. Here's the um, video of an update from the Freedom Convoy organisers. That's what it says on my phone. <laughs> Do I know who the Freedom Convoy organisers are? No. Can I vouch that this is them? No. But here is me playing some videos because, well, what else can we do at this point? And I know I've got some Canadian listeners and this is not just affecting Canada, but we're starting to see offshoots around the world now. For all the support. Thank you for all the, 
the food, the fuel, the, the financial support to the truckers. Thank you for the letters. Keep doing videos. Keep reaching out. Keep sending your love. Pray for us to be resolved. Pray for us to make good decisions. If there are any questions, I'll take those now. Those who have the time to and can travel, uh, would, are you encouraging them to come to Ottawa or are you not? It's my belief that the police will move tonight or sometime in the early morning and start uh, rounding up uh, peaceful protesters. Uh, should that happen, my concern, truthfully, is that it escalates the situation on the ground, making it more tense, making it dangerous for everybody. And I want to be clear about something. We start off every meeting that we have with a prayer. And in every single meeting, we talk about safety and responsibility. Not just the safety of the truckers, but the safety of the law enforcement, of the citizens of Ottawa, everybody who is here. We constantly ensure that we can be as safe as possible. And we're trying to be responsible with every decision that we make. So we just said there at the end, um, as I cut the uh, video short, that his, his war isn't with, uh, his beef isn't with, um, he used a different word than beef or war. <laughs> I used war and suddenly thought, oh, that's a terrible word, terrible word under the circumstances, beef. And then thought, uh, that. Anyway, he said, it's not with the city of Ottawa. It's with the mandates. So uh, we're now going to uh, play some more clips. This time it is from a woman that claims to be from the Canadian Police Force. Hi, I'm Constable Olano Galusha with the Edmonton Police Service. I uh, just wanted um, to record this video for fellow police officers in Ottawa, uh, whether it's like city police or CNP. Uh, you have been asked a lot right now and ask to be leaders and make uh, your decision uh, in a situation that it's hard for everyone. Um, when I joined this job, I joined it to protect, to save, and to learn. To learn about the law, the forensic science, and about people. It's a lot of psychology going on here. When I was doing my investigations on a bird like driving, even if my supervisor stopped and the bird driver had made his own decision that the, the driver was impaired uh, by drugs, alcohol, I was not allowed to take over the file and just assume that the driver was impaired. I had to make my decision based on my observations and information that I saw. I had to make my own decision. It's like as any other investigation based on thorough collection of facts and evidence and then making your subjective decision based on your experience, your knowledge, the person's uh, history, what you're supposed to do. It's a subjective decision every time. And I've never been told to follow unlawful orders. I've been always reminded by my supervisors, always question unsafe orders. Ask us questions if you think the orders are unlawful. And that's, I think, our job is. Thank you, truckers, for standing up for all of us, the Canadians, the people who live in Canada. I chose this country because I wanted to be free. Over the seven, last 17 years, I've been asked many times by my fellow police officers and, and public why I moved to Canada. I moved here by myself. And the only answer I had, very short and straight, I wanted to be free. My heart was been broken every day. <laughs> when I saw that the very freedom that I moved to Canada for has been taken away. And people, Canadians who lived here, who were born here, they were not recognizing that. I fought here. I fought to come here to have it. And it was very difficult to see it to be taken away. Thank you, truckers. Thank you, farmers. Thank you, people with open hearts and um, clear minds for standing up. The police officers, when we could not stand up for you, I know it's clear in my mind what decision I will make uh, when I am asked to follow an unlawful order. I'm 
Um, so that lady came from uh, somewhere in the world that had terrible tyranny, came to Canada for freedom. She recognises the tyranny for what it is. And she's crying about it. But she also says she's not going to follow any unlawful orders. You know, a few more police officers like that worldwide and um, the world would be a much, much better place. There is a third option I thought of for the truckers situation. They are betrayed and brought down from within. But it's such a grassroots organisation with no actual hierarchical structure, that would be difficult to do. But it is there as an option. Thank you for listening to Beyond the News, however you did on Spotify, Anchor or our Radio Illumini listeners. A big thank you. Cheers.